This week's parsha is parshas Afrei Meis Kedoshim. Parshas Kedoshim has one of the most famous psukim in the whole Torah, and that's the pasuk of Yahavta L'Reacha Kamecha. There's a mitzvah Dairaisa of loving one's friend like himself. There's a famous Hasidish Rebbe. He was called the Ayyav Yisrael. They called him the Ayyav Yisrael because he had a, a deep and profound and real love for every Yid. And one time he told his Hasidim, the Abderav, he said to his Hasidim that in every parasha in the Torah, not just parashas Kedoshim, but every single parasha in the Torah, there is a Remez, there is an allusion in one form or another, there's an allusion to this mitzvah of So one of the Hasidim, maybe he was a little bit of a skeptic, he said to the Rebbe, What about Parshas Balak? Where is there an allusion to and Parshas Balak? So the Abdu Rebbe, the Ayyub Yisrael said, that's an easy one. Come on, ask me a hard one. Because what do you mean? How is that so easy? I looked through the whole parsha. The whole parsha's Balak has no allusion to the Hatzler He says, yes it does. And it's in the word Balak itself. It says, Vyazai, how do you find in the word Balak itself an allusion to the Hatzler he says, what are you talking about? He says, the Rosh Hashanah of Balak is So the Chassid scratches his head. He says, listen, I was never the best in Diktuk. I was never the best in, in Ivra. He says, but Balak is not Rosh Hashanah. I mean, just, the, it's not, it's not a vase, it's a vav. It's not a kuf, it's a chaf. Now, come on. So the Abderav looks at him and he says, he says, that's my point. He says, if you're going to be so medactic, on every little thing, he says, you can't ever be a, a true Ayyad Yisrael. To be an Ayyad Yisrael, you can't have such meticulousness for every single thing. You're going to be so medactic, you're going to be such a stickler for every little kutzay shal yud. You're never going to be Ayyad Yisrael. In order to love another yid, you have to be able to look beyond all the little flaws in everybody else. There are many chatim that says that that's good for the pshat, how you're mitzvah, what does it mean, kamaycha? How could I love somebody like myself? I love myself innately. I have a natural love for myself. I don't have a natural love for somebody else. And they say the same way that we don't look at our own flaws. When a person looks in the mirror, he tends to gloss over any, any flaws that he may have or any midas rice that we have. We don't tend to like dwell on them. We say we're good. But when we, when we see Yenim, how do we look at him? Ah, he's terrible and he looks like this and he acts like that. The Ha'aflu means don't be such a mafunna. Don't be so careful with Yanim. Be as careful with Yanim as you are with yourself. Just like with you, you're great. Regardless of all your chesrainas, you're able to overlook everything. That's how it has to be also when it comes to somebody else. 
The Rambam says in Reish Perak Yudalad of Hilchas Avil, he speaks about the mitzvah Atal Recha Kamecha, and he says, Mitzvah say shall Devrayam, there's a mitzvah say, Levakir Chaylem, to be Levakir Chayla, Ula Nachem Avelem, Nicham Avelem, Ula Haitzia Mes, Haitzia Sames, Lachmas Kala, to escort guests out of your home, all of the various components of burial, also to to make them happy, to give them a suuda, whatever they need, to give them the banquet that they require. The Elohim Gemilos Chasadim Shevagufa Shemlam Shir. These are the types of acts of Gemilos Chasadim that are limitless. There are no Shirim when it comes to these acts. Apal Pisha called Mitzvah Elo Midevreim. These might be Midevreisayim. They might be Midrabanans. But nevertheless, Harayin Bechlal VeAhapto Larecha Kamaycha. All of these acts. Of Gemilas Chasadim, the Rambam counts as components of the mitzvah, the overarching mitzvah of the Hatlarecha Kamaycha. The Hatlarecha Kamaycha, according to the Rambam, is the charge of the Torah to do acts of chesed with one another. Love your fellow man. How do I love you? I love you by taking care of your needs, by being Mesameach you, and by doing all of the Necessary things in good times and bad. That's Abba. What I'd like to talk about today, I'd like to discuss one component that the Ramam brings in the mitzvah of and that's the mitzvah of Bikr Chaylam. The mitzvah to go and visit somebody who is ill, somebody who is not feeling well. There's a Gemara in the Dharam on the Aflamid Testament days that says as follows, If a person goes and visits somebody who is sick, you are actually taking away one-sixtieth of the sickness of that person. If a person has, he's in a hospital, and he's in a terrible matzah, he's feeling terrible, he has a terrible illness, and you go and you're mevaker him, chazal give a haftacha that what you're doing is you are taking away a full 60th of his illness. The Gemara Mitziah brings this and says that it's a chiyah, meaning maybe you don't want to contract the 60th of his illness, but still you have to go and do it. But that's what Chazal say. If you want to go and you want to be Mabakir Chayla, you are going to contract the 60th of the illness and you're taking away his 60th of his illness. That's what you're doing. The Gemara in the Dharam speaks about the positive. We're not talking about what it does to you as much as what it does to the Chayla. And the Gemara asks the question that we might all be wondering if that's true, so why do they have hospitals? Why do we need doctors? Why do we need medicines and all these terrible, you know, chemotherapies? I have a much better solution. 
every time somebody is sick, rent a coach bus, get 60 benevolent souls to go and visit a sick person, and you'll take away, each and every one of you, a 60th of the, of the chalas, a 60th of the disease, and the person will go out of the hospital, the person will get up and he'll, he'll be well again, if we could t- take the chazal at face value. And the Gemara asks this question, and the Gemara gives two terutsim. And it's the second terutz that I want to discuss this morning. The Gemara says two words. Beven Giloy. The Gemara is qualifying that we don't mean every Tom, Dick, and Harry can go and visit a sick person and take away a 60th of the illness. We're talking about a specific type of person that has a certain relationship with a chayla. And that is that you are the same gil. You're a ben giloi with that person. Now what does that mean, ben giloi? So there's an achlekes rishonim, what that term means. The ran and the rosh, they say that a ben giloi means somebody that was born under the same mazel the same constellation, the same zodiac sign. If we're both born in the same mazel, then I can go and take away 60th of your illness when I visit you. If we're born in different mazelas, then you're on your own. Rashi says a different shot. Rashi says that Ben Gilai means that you're the same gil, you're the same age bracket, which means that a young person would have to go and visit a young person, and an older person would have to go visit an older person. And if a young person visits an old person, if an old person visits a young person, that's not where the Chazal was saying that you're Neitel Echad Mishishim But the question, L'chayr, remains that if that's true, okay, it might be a little bit more difficult to fill up that coach bus, but we could still do it. If a young person, Achman Litzlan, is ill, we'll get young people to fill up the boss and to go visit him and take a 60th away, 60 measures of his sickness away and heal him that way. If an older person fill up with older people, if we need to find 60 people in the same mazel, probably do that as well. Why is it again, why do we need to have medicines, to have doctors, to have hospitals, just let's find 60 like Minded, like aged people, and will be able then to heal the sick. And I'd like to give a novel chat which would perhaps explain what the Gemara means when it says Ben Gilad. Human nature dictates, generally speaking, that when I hear that somebody that I went to yeshiva with when I was young becomes very successful. I Google his name and I find that, wow, this guy today, he's, he's a very big Rosh Yeshiva. He's a very big Talmud Chacham. He wrote phenomenal Svarim. Or maybe Lahabdo he became a very big business tycoon. He's mamish. She is, you know, one of the wealthiest people, one of the most successful people in his field. He's a big celebrity. He's a big professional, very prominent, big surgeon. 
automatically what I do is I say, wow, that's amazing. I used to be so friendly with him. We were chavrusas. We were in the same class. We used to play ball together. The mind, the human mind, seeks to build bridges with people that are successful. We seem to be interested in making a heckish to somebody that we are happy, proud of. We try to connect with that person. We try to hitch our wagon to that person's stardom. What happens, Rabbi Say, when you hear Rahman al-Islam, that somebody that you know very well, that you grew up, Rahman al-Islam is ill? What's the first thing that you do? You don't say, oh, we were chavrusas together. The first thing that you do is you start asking questions. You get very inquisitive. What happened? How did it happen? Is it very, is it very dangerous? What hospital is he in? What doctors is he using? What's his medical treatment? What's the prognosis? What's going to be? Why does the human mind do that? Why do we all of a sudden become, even if we're not inquisitive by nature, but when, it come, when we hear such a shmuel, we, all of a sudden we become medical experts. Everybody needs to know all the prate pratim of the illness before we even begin to think about the person himself. The terrace is that when it comes to success, it's me and him. When it comes to illness, when it comes to a person who is suffering a misfortune, the human mind seeks to desperately protect ourselves from that person's plight. If I grew up with him, and we had a similar background, we had a similar upbringing, a similar environment, I'm nervous now that I might be able to be in the same boat as him. I might also, Rahman al-Islam, have, have the ability to to be sick, to be ill, to have, to have such an illness. And so by asking those questions, what we're really doing is we're building a wall between us. We're trying to figure out the differences between us. We're not looking to be makish. We're looking to be mavdil. Maybe it was genetic. Maybe he caught something. Maybe it was an accident. We want to look for differences between us. We don't want to be in the same boat suddenly. We want to look for a, for a difference between the two. That's the way the human mind conducts business. That's the way we we're able to relate to both scenarios. When things are good, we're with you. When things are bad, I take a step back and I try to desperately, subtly distance myself from your situation. That's the way humanity is, Baderach Klaut. What I believe is the Pshad and Ben Gilai, and this is not being Chaylik with the Rishayim Chaylik, I'm just being Maiseh, perhaps a Daher, and what it means to be a real Ben Gilai. And there's a Shita Mekubetz in the Dharam, which is sort of Mashma, not exactly my Pshad, but a very similar concept. The Lushan Ben Gilai perhaps is connected, the word Gilai, to the word Gal. Gal, we know, means a wave. A wave, the nature of a wave, of an ocean wave, is that it rises to a crest, and then it falls down, it comes crashing down. It has ups, and it has downs. That's what a wave is, 
a wave has ups and downs. There's high points to the wave, and then there's immediately a low point to the wave. What a Ben Giloy might mean, Rabbi Say, is that I'm saying to you, when I come to visit you, I'm saying to you that I'm bucking the trend. I'm not a regular person that's a fair-weathered friend that when things are good, it's you and me. And when things are bad, adios. I'm here with you when things are good. And I'm here with you when things are bad. I am not abandoning you based sorrow. I am going to be here and I'm going to hold your hand until you get better. Just like when you made a chasana, just like when you made a bar mitzvah, just like when you made a bris, just like when you were happy about making a siyum, I was there, I was eating your cookies and your cake and your schnapps, and I was celebrating, we were dancing together, we were singing together, we had great times together. I was up when the crest was riding high, when life was smiling on you, when the sun was shining. I was there with you. Now when things are bad, when you're a chayla, I'm coming here and I'm telling you that I'm here with you, not just when the waves are high, but when the waves are low. I am your Ben Gilai. We are riding the waves together. We are going to ride waves in good times, and we're going to ride the waves now in bad times, and there will be a tomorrow when the waves will rise again. And I'm going to be there for you until then. We're going to be friends through thick and through thin. And that way, you will be able to take a 60th away from this chalas. That's the only way you're going to do it. Visiting a sick person and just bringing flowers and then leaving, that's not going to do anything for the chayla. That's something for you. That's because you had a mitzvah of the hafleriyach ha'kamaycha. So you want to be mekayim your mitzvah. That's, that was for you. That wasn't for him. The only way to really be mevaker ha'chayla is by telling him, I am your beg I am here with you, I am with you in your tzara, and I will not let you down. I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of now that things are down, just like I took care of you when things are up. Unfortunately, to find 60 such individuals in the world, let alone to find even one individual, let alone 60, I should say, is kimat impossible. And that's why the Gemara is saying that as much as it's true that you could find maybe once in a while a person to take a 60th away, you're not filling up the coach bus too quickly with people that are a real ben that are really able to say that I'm with you in good times as well as in bad. Good times, yeah. When you're making a chastelist, you can find hundreds of people to invite. But when a person has a bad sorrow, when the wheel of fortune has turned, and now he's down, it's very hard to find a person, even a single person, Rabbi said, that's able to go and visit and be one and commiserate and to empathize and to be, to completely be the friend that a person needs at that critical state. I often talk about my 7th and 8th grade Rebbe. I had the same Rebbe in 7th and 8th grade, and 
I always have to say that I was not left back. It was the school happened to for one for some reason. He was such a great rabbi that they gave him both seventh and eighth grades for at least the year the years that I was there. His name was Ramesha Fruchthandler. He was a life altar in Rebbe. Many guys that went through his shiur. He's one of those Rebbeim that can manage to turn your whole life around. And I kept a kasher with him even after I left his shiur. And years later, I went to visit him in his house in Flatbush. He was nifter very young, unfortunately. He was nifter when he was probably 50 years old. And I remember we had this conversation together and he asked me at one point in the conversation a very pointed question. He said, says, Maisha, how many friends do you have? I was already, uh, you know, maybe 18, 19 years old then. How many friends do you have? So I was a smug bacher and I, I said, Rabbi, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, I have a lot of friends. So he looked at me and he said to me, Moshe, if that's what you're answering me, if you're telling me that you have a lot of friends, I know that you don't even have one friend. I said, what do you mean? He says, you have a lot of acquaintances. What you call friends, they're really nothing more than acquaintances. The guys that you play basketball with, the guys that you eat pizza with, the guys that you, you, know, you go out with and you go on trips with and you, you, know, you, you learn with, oh, those, are, those are acquaintances. And that's good to have also. When I say, how many friends do you have? What I'm asking you is, a real friend. A friend who's there in good times and in bad times. A friend that if your car breaks down in the Bell Parkway at 3 o'clock in the morning, you have no hesitation to pick up the phone and call him, wake him up, and he'll come running to help you. A friend who if you need money, if you're in debt, if your business is failing and you need somebody to bail you out, you can go to him and he'll pull out his checkbook without even batting an eyelash, and he'll give you what you need if he has it, and even if he doesn't. Somebody who will be there when times are good and times are bad. He said to me, if you're lucky in life, you have one, maybe two of those friends your entire life if you're lucky. That's what I'm talking about when I ask you if you have a friend. not talking about the the fair-weathered friends that we all have, and we all play with, and we all... And we dance with. Those are guys, they come and go. They come and go. Talking about a friend who's mamish a friend. Lashna Kaidish Lashna for a friend is a chavar. Chavar is from a Lashna of Chibur. So the Ramam writes in Pirisha Mishnayas. It's a, it's a Chibur. It's a, it's a connection, but not just a, a temporary circuit connection that, you know, when you want it, it's there. When you don't want it, you, you break the connection. We're tied together. We're attached at the hip. Wherever you go, I go. That's what I, that's what I need in a friend, and that's the type of friend that I want to be in, in return. You don't have more than one or two of them if you're lucky your entire life. This is what my Rebbe told me. It's a Messiah that I have for my Rebbe. That's what I believe is of Shad and Ben Gilai. Ben Gilai, when it means to take away a 60th of a tsar, what does that mean? 
It means that I am riding the wave together with you. I'm a friend that's here for you now as I was when you were doing great. I'm not the type of friend that backs away when misfortune strikes because I don't want to catch what might be contagious. I am here for you. Your sorrow is my sorrow. Your disease is my disease. Your misfortune is my misfortune. I'm here with you. Yes, I'm healthy, but it doesn't matter. If you're sick, then I'm sick. That's a Ben Gilai. Only such a personality, only such a friendship can take a 60th away, can give a shtickle refuah to a, to a chayla, knowing, knowing that there is such a person by his bedside rooting for him, caring for him. That's what a friend is, and that's what a Ben Gilai means. Rav Shimon Schwab, once told somebody, a person who's Makayim, the mitzvah, Bikr Chayim, Kihidura, he said he once heard a story about a lady who went to be Mavakar, her friend, in a hospital. And you know, when you go and visit somebody in a hospital, what do you bring? You bring flowers, the person can eat, you bring chocolates. You might bring a, a safer or a novel. This woman brought an unusual gift. This woman brought her friend a raincoat. Funny gift. A raincoat to a person in the hospital, you know, maybe. You know, it's a funny gift. She unwraps it. She thought it was going to be a nightgown. She thought it was going to be something, something she could actually use. She opens up, she's a raincoat. Says, you know, well, surprise you, bring this present to me. I mean, uh, you know, I don't really need a raincoat so much. So she said, what are you talking about? She says, don't you know that the weather outside is terrible? Soon you're going to be out of the hospital, you're going to need a raincoat. And if Schwab said that those words, that gesture is what pulled her out from her machla and allowed her to step out of the hospital. She wasn't supposed to go out of the hospital, ever. That was her final stop. But because of that raincoat, because this baskila gave her a raincoat and said, we're going to go out of the hospital together, you're going to feel rain again on your head. You're going to need this raincoat to get through the weather storms. After you leave the hospital, that's what inspired her to be able to get herself out of the hospital. That's being That's what a baskilai or a ben means. To use a little seichel, to go and not just be yaitze the mitzvah of bikar chayim because that's what I want to do. A real mevaker chayim goes with the intention of showing in action, in words, in body language, in eye contact, I am your Ben Gilad. We are in this together. I'm not here to do the mitzvah. I'm here to get you out of the hospital. I'm here to be able to ride this wave with you when you need me, I'm here. I'm going to be here every single day until we get out of this together. That's what a Ben Gilad is. That's what the mitzvah of Bikr Chayim is. You could be yet to the mitzvah without doing this, 
But when Chazal give the Avtachas that it does in Mitzachas Nedarim about being Noitzach and Mishishim Bechelyai, and all of the other Avtachas, by the way, one of the Avtachas that the Gemara Nedarim over there gives is that if you're Mabakar Achayla, you know what you're Zaycha to in return? You're Zaycha to get, to make good friends. The schar of being a Mabakar Achayla is you're going to get good friends. What's the Midagayim? Midagayim, 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 Pashat. Bikar Chaylam is what tests the metal of friendship. If you are being Mavakar Chayla as a true Ben Gila, you're showing that you're a true friend. If you're a true friend, you're going to get friends in return. There's a Gemara Bab Mitziah that we alluded to before. It's on Daflam and Mabez. It's in, in Eil Mitziah. The Gemara says like this. An illusion started off with an illusion to the Atalarecha Kamaycha. An illusion that the Gemara says to the Mitzvah Bikar Chaylim is a Pasuk in Parshish Yisrael. Parak Yudches, Shemais Yudches. Yisrael tells Meshra Rabbeinu, Vahidata lahem esaderech asher yelchu ba. You will tell them, Yisrael says to Meshra, tell your people, tell your nation, show them the way that, on which they should walk. Show them the derech, show them the right path on which to proceed in life. And the Gemara says, breaks up the Pasuk, it says, It's going to learn. Those words, on which you will go, on which they should go, That's an allusion to Bikr Chaylam. And all the Bufarsh from Kulam Gafa jumps on this girl. Where in the world is the illusion to Bikr Chaylam from Asher Yelchu Ba? What does Bikr Chaylam have to do with Yelchu? It's easier to find a correlation to Balak and Naftalar Echa Kamaycha than Asher Yelchu Ba to Bikr Chaylam. The Gra says a beautiful pshat. It's such a true pshat. He says that the chap of Bikr Chaylem is not to know when to come. And there are lochas about when to come, which part of the day you should come, when you shouldn't come. But it's to know when to go. A lot of times, people come to visit the sick, and they stay. And they're like, you know, the guests that never left. They just keep staying and staying. The Chayla Nebuch, he doesn't feel well. He might need to, you know, to go to the bathroom. He might need to, to rest a little bit. He might just need silence. Maybe he has a headache from all the shmuz. And you just stay and stay and stay. Part of the mitzvah bigger chayim is you have to know when to leave, when to hit the road. You come, you do your mitzvah, you show him whatever you need to show him, you dab him, whatever you need to do, and you leave. The gross says, that's what Shadah. Part of the mitzvah bigger chayim is when to leave, when to, when to hit the road again. Asher yelchu, when to go. That's a big chaylet of the mitzvah bikr chaylem. I want it to be massive according to what we're saying today in the context of our Varda and Ben today. I think we have a new pshat in what this allusion to bikr chaylem is from the words of Yisrael. If there's one being in the world, one person in the world that knows what it means to be a Ben it's a ger. A convert. 
Yiddishkeit, Judaism does not look to proselytize. Other religions, you know, they're out there, they're on the streets of Manhattan, and wherever you go, there are missionaries trying to missionize to, you know, come join our religion, be part of us. We're looking for converts, we're looking to get... Yiddishkeit is the exact opposite. We are actually, we dissuade people from joining our ranks. We don't want extra people. We don't need it. We're not looking. We're not, we have Yidin, Yidin, or Yidin, and that's it. It takes, you have to jump through hoops to become a Yid. And the Gemara Yavama says that when a Ger comes to be Megayer, what do you say to them? You don't say, oh, Shalom Aleichem, Bruchem Abom, Kam, you're a Yid, Mazel Tov. No, no, no. You say to them, and I'm paraphrasing, Beston looks at this guy and says, are you nuts? Are, what, are you smoking something? Is there something we should know about you? Are you mentally stable? Why in the world would you want to be Jewish? Don't you know anything about Jewish history? Here, take a book. Here, great Jewish letters, great Jewish speeches. Read it, come back to me in a couple of days. Pogroms, crusades, holocaust, tachmetat, Spanish Inquisitions, expulsions from every country on the face of the earth. What, what, really, what are you thinking? Don't you know, you have it good right now. Your name is, 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 your last name is Smith. You're Irish. You know, you have, no one's bothering you. Nobody's picking on you. You could probably beat them to a pulp if need be. There's no reason why you should want to be Jewish. What are you thinking? Don't you know how oppressed Yidin are? This is what the Gemara Yavama says. Not in so many words, but basically that's the, the gist of the Gemara is, don't you know that Yidin are really bad off? Why do you want to join us? And if the Ger looks at the Bestin and says, I know all of that, I read all the books, I'm an expert in Jewish history, and despite all that, I want to join you, I'm in it together with you, or Makabal is Geiris. The most famous Geiris in history was Rus We're going to read about her on Shavuos. There was a road that she took from Mayav to with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Naomi, of course, was a very chashiva Jewish woman. And Rus was Rus She was a chashiva She was a princess from Av. And she wanted to convert like no one's business. She really, really wanted to convert. And, and Ruth, Nami was doing her part like best. And she was saying, go home. We don't want you. It's not for you. Don't join. Just go home. Go back to your palace. Everything will be good. What do you want to go there to Israel for? There's a famine or it's terrible. You saw him. You don't need it. Go home. Rus, on that famous dirt road, says the immortal words to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She says, no, don't tell me to go home. Don't tell me that. Wherever you go, that's where I go. Whether the road is smooth or the road is rocky. Whether Klai Yisrael is on top, riding high on the top of the crest, the waves are good, or whether you're down, whether people are oppressing you and tormenting you and embittering you, 
I am there with you. says That's a Bengilai. A Bengilai means I am in this for the long haul. I am hitching my wagon to yours in good times and bad. I am fully prepared to be a member of Kal Yisrael. That is what a Bengilai is on a national level. And I believe that's what Yisrael was telling Moshe Rabbeinu. Yisrael was also a Ger. Yisrael knew a thing or two about being a Ben Gila. He took this on himself also. This mantra of Rus, Kelasher, tell the road that you take, I take. And that's the illusion, Rabbi Sai, I believe, to Biker Chaylem. When Yisrael is saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, go and tell Klai Yisrael, Asaderech, Asher Yelchubal, teach them about how to be loyal, teach them how to be faithful. I could teach them because I know what it means to be a Ben Gila. I know what it means, despite having the luxury of being a Kayin to the Goyim, to Avaydazara, which Yisrael was. And despite that, he went and he joined the ranks of Kla Yisrael, despite all the problems that could befall him. That's the road that he chose to lead. That was the path that he decided to take. Like Rus, the words, that loyal, stubborn, loyal road is Bikr Chayla. That's the essence of being the Bakr Chayla. I'm on the road together with you. We are in this together. I am not leaving you. In good times and bad, we are friends. I am committed to that relationship. We are one. That's the aside of Bikr Chaylam in a nutshell. Bikr Chaylam in a Minayan Asher Telchiba Asher Yelchu Bikr Chaylam. That's the road of Bikr Chaylam. It's a journey like Rus. It's a journey of a gear, of being faithful in good times and bad. That's what a, a real Mavakar Chayla is. This is the aside of this week's parasha of Yahatlurecha What does that mean? That's what it means. It means we're one. I love you like myself. There are no mechitzas between us. I'm not looking to separate myself from you. I'm happy with you in good times and I'm sad with you in bad times. But we're one. We're one. We're together. We're, we're the same. There's a great Hasidic Rebbe by the name of Ramesha Leib of Sasav. The Sasav Rebbe. And he once overheard two peasants talking with one another. And maybe they were a drop shikr, as peasants sometimes tend to be. And one was saying to the other, do you love me? Says, you know I love you. Of course I love you. He says, do you know what's bothering me now? Do you know what's hurting me? Says, no, how am I supposed to know what's hurting you? Says, if you don't know what hurts me when I'm down, then you don't love me. You can't claim to love me unless you know what's bothering me, what's paining me. When things are bad for me, you can't claim to love me otherwise if you don't know 
When things are down, what's bothering me? And our Moshe Sasha says, from here we learn what it means. It means that when you feel somebody else's pain and you're willing to be one with that person in that state of mind, even though you could have the option of not being friendly at that point, I'm healthy, he's sick, I could go play ball, why would I want to go visit him? If you don't have the ability to love somebody by feeling their pain, then you don't really love them. It's all lip service. You are a friend in good times, but when things go bad, you're not here for me, so you're not my friend. You're an acquaintance. I didn't cross you off my fasting list, but I know that you're not really the cover that I need. There was a great tzaddik in Yerushalayim by the name of Arya Levin. Rabbi Yashiv's father-in-law. Rabbi Arya Levin was mamish from the tzaddike Hadar, the Lamed Vav Tzaddikim, and here they wrote a book about him, the tzaddik in our time, one of the famous classic biographies of G'daylam. And he has a famous Misa, everybody probably heard it, one of his Talmidim came to him before he got married and asked, how should I behave towards my, my wife? How should I treat her? So Arya Levin looks at him in wonder and says, how can you ask a question like that? A wife is like yourself. You treat her as you treat yourself. That's how you treat your wife. And he says, in fact, when I went a few weeks ago with my wife to the doctor because she had pains in her foot. And we went together to the doctor and the doctor says, Rabbi, what's wrong? You know what I said to him? I said, our foot is hurting us. Our foot is hurting us. That's how you treat your wife. You're one. That's a vengilai. It's not that her foot is hurting her. It's our foot. The pain is one. So you're going to say, okay, big deal. That's his wife. See, she's like a goof. I could do that too. But if you read a couple of pages right there in the, in the book, Rabbi Levin used to go every Arab Shabbos to a place that nobody else wanted to go. There was a special hospital in Yerushalayim for lepers. You know what a leper is? A leper is, it's the definition that they give to a tsaras. It's not really an accurate definition, but... Whatever a leper is, one thing we know about a leper, they're highly contagious. Nobody should or wants to get anywhere near a leper, certainly not a leper hospital. Because you're going to catch something that's not really geschmack. He once, had he start going to the leper hospital? One Friday he went to the Kaisel, a woman was crying. He tried to calm her down, he asked her what's making her cry. She says that she has a child who is locked up in this leper hospital and she misses him terribly. And there's no cure. So Rabbi Levin decided to visit the boy. He arrived at the hospital and he found 12 Jewish patients surrounded by 300 Arab lepers. And there are Christian nurses taking care of them all. And when these 12 Jewish lepers saw Rabbi Levin's 
Padres Panim walking into the hospital, they broke down and cried because it was years, they said, since they had the privilege to see any visitor from the outside world, and he made it his business every single Arab Shabbos to go to that hospital and to visit them. He couldn't shake hands with them, but he spoke to them. He chattered about this, and he chattered about that. He heartened them with his words. He read a little chumash with Rashi of the parsha every week, and every single Arab Shabbos. That's what he would do. That's a Ben Gilai. It's not just your wife, or your father, your brother, your sister, your child. You take a stranger, somebody that you can mamish catch something from, and you say to them, I'm putting myself in a makam sakana, but that's okay because we're one anyway. Whatever you're going through, that's what I'm going through. We're on this road together and I'm going to get you out of this. Is it easy to be a Ben Giloy? Is it easy to be Mekayim, the mitzvah, on this madrega, not just the regular madrega, but the real, the real profound, the real true version of Biker Chaylem? It's not easy at all to be such a friend, to be such a, a do-gooder, to be such a, a mahuder, the mitzvah. In fact, it's godly. This is the attribute of the Rabbani Shalom himself. The Rabbani Shalom himself is somebody, not a body, but some, the ultimate being who understands how to be a Ben Gilai. He tells Yaakov Avinu, the Rabbani Shalom, as Yaakov Avinu is going down to Mitzrayim, what does he say to him? Anoichi Ered Imcha Mitzrayimah. I'm going down with you to Mitzrayim and I'm going to come up with you from Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim doesn't just mean Egypt. Mitzrayim means, as we know, all Tzaras. The Sherish of Mitzrayim is Tzaras. I am going down with you on this roller coaster ride of Tzaras. And I'm going to come up with you also. We're riding the wave together. Whatever you're going through is my plight. That's godly. That's the Rabbi Shalom. And in fact, the Gemara says in Saita, on that Yadalid, Ma Kadishpahu Biker Chaylem, just like Kadishpahu is Mabakar Chaylem, as he did to Avram Avino, we also have a mitzvah to Mabakar Chaylem, which means that we can be Makayim, the mitzvah of Allah the Drachov, to follow in the attributes of the Rabbi Nishayim through the mitzvah of Bikr Chayim, and through other mitzvahs of Gemilas Chasad and the Gemara, the Gemara lists there in Saita. It's one of the Yud Gimel Midas Arachamim. To be about Chesed, Kalrachim Mechanun, Neitzer Chesta Alafim. These are what we have to be if we want to really be an Am Kadesh, Kedoshim Tiyu. Kedoshim Tiyu means to elevate ourselves to be more godly, to be closer to his midas. Just want to conclude with another Misa. We started, we said before Misa about Ramishalab of Sasa, he was the one that overheard those two peasants talking about what love really means. I want to conclude with another Misa 
about the same Ramashalev Misasov. In Sasov, there was a very, very close, dedicated chasidus to the Rebbe, to Ramashalev. And there was a Misnaged that lived in Sasov as well. And this Misnaged was very cynical and very skeptical about the Kaychas of the Rebbe that everybody was, you know, speaking about being Mishabeach, what a great Rebbe, and a Bunda Rebbe, he is able to perform Mikesim, and there are Misnagdim that don't believe in that stuff. No one argued with the fact that Ramashle was a guy in Eilam, in Taira, Yerushamayim, Big Baal but he had a problem with, with what, the, what the Hasidim were idolizing in the Rebbe. And he used to always mock these Hasidim for being such blind followers of Ramashalaid. It came Slichas time in Sasav. And the Hasidim woke up early in the morning, Bashmer Sabaika Kamti, to say Slichas. And the Rebbe wasn't there. The Hasidim woke up at the crack of dawn and with a, with a whole fervor, with a whole bren. And the Rebbe wasn't there. And this Misnagid said to the Hasidim, the Rebbe shluft. The Rebbe is not here because he's sleeping. You Hasidim, you know, you're doing your thing and the Rebbe's sleeping. They said, Chas v'shalom. don't say that. The Rebbe's not sleeping. The Rebbe, so he says, where's the Rebbe? Why doesn't he come to Minim for Slichas? As the Rebbe must, we don't know, but Mistama is going in, in Himmel. He's in Shemayim, he's doing, he's doing life for Klai Yisrael in Shemayim. He says the only, he's in Shemayim because he's sleeping. That's the reason why he's in Shemayim. Don't believe it. And he says, I'll prove it to you. He says, tomorrow morning I'm going to stake out the Rebbe. I'm going to go to the Rebbe's house, I'm going to look through his window and see exactly which part of Shemayim he's, he's in at, uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning. So he did that. He woke up and he goes to the house of the Rebbe and he stealthily looks through the window and he starts rubbing his eyes. He sees the Rebbe taking off his beautiful kapata and his, his royal lavush and he starts putting on the clothes of a peasant and the cap of a peasant and the boots of a peasant. And he goes out to the back shed of his house to the Purim shack, and he takes out, he takes out an axe. And now it's really getting interesting. This Misnaget is like really into this. This is some juicy stuff going on over here. What's going to be? Where's the Rebbe going? He goes deep into the Russian forest, and it's cold already. It's already, you know, at the end of Elo, and it's already cold in the Russian winter is beginning, and he starts chopping down the trees in the forest, and he takes the wood the, the, the logs that he's cut and he wraps them up in a big blanket and he puts them over his his holy shoulder and he starts schlepping deeper into the forest with these with this wood and he goes and he knocks on the door of a little ram shackle hut with thatched ceilings and an almana, an old poor almana opens up the door and she looks like she's freezing cold. And the Rebbe, she doesn't know it's the Rebbe, she thinks it's Tama, a woodchopper, says, can I light up your fireplace and your furnace 
She says, yes, I'm freezing. But one thing, I don't have any money to pay you. He says, that's okay, you'll owe it to me or don't worry about it. And the, the Misnagid is following the Rebbe and he sees it as the Rebbe is putting these pieces of logs into the fire and into the furnace and he's lighting it. He's saying the Yud Gimomides Arachem and he's saying Hashem Hashem Karachem Rechani. He's saying his own slichas as he is himself imitating the Midas Arachem of the Rabbi Nishram, he himself is saying the Yud Gimomides Arachemim. He was performing the slichas for Maisa. And the Chassid couldn't believe what he saw and he comes back. And when he comes back to the to the Shiva, all the Chassidim gather around him. No! Did you go to the Rebbe early the morning this morning like you said you would? Yes. Weren't we right? Didn't the Rebbe go to Shemayim while we were davening Slichas? He says no. He says he went much higher. Much higher than heaven did the Rebbe go. When a person is able to mekayim the mitzvah of a when a person is able to feel somebody else's pain and really be a ben gilite, that's divine. You go higher than shemayim. It's not just the mitzvah of your mamish being mekayim the mitzvah of being godly, of being an Am Kadesh Hashem It's impossible to do this mitzvah properly. But we're charged to do the impossible, and Klai Yisrael does the impossible every day. Look at the organizations that Klai Yisrael has, Hatzalah and Biker Chaylem and Chaverim. All of these are organizations that we take for granted. You know, all we knew is we, we put a sticker on our phones and we're yet to, with our Akaras Hatay for these organizations, maybe we, we send some money into a Chinese auction once in a while. If we'd understand the impossible of these organizations, what it means to be a member of these organizations, to be in the trenches that every day and every night, at all hours of the day and night, to be on the wave of Klai Yisrael, to be one, to say to a yid, I don't even know who you are, but I'm, I'm ruining my Shabbos for you. I'm leaving my kinderloch on Friday night during Zmiris in order to save a person I don't know and I never will know. That's the Allah to Bedrachov. That's a, a Kiyom Lemahadrin of Yahatulariacha It's something very hard, it's godly, but it's something that we could do. And at very minimum, even if we don't join these organizations, even if we don't go to the hospital, we don't go to the nursing homes, we don't do these things, but at least let's try to be good friends to one another. To learn how to care about one another. That when we have a friend, work on the friendship. Show your friend that you're here for him, even when things are tough. It doesn't have to be he's in the hospital. It could be he's not doing well in his classes and in sheer... It could be that he needs a little money, a little support. He's not feeling so good about himself. He needs somebody to put a shoulder, a hand around his shoulder, and to say, you're good. You're with me. We're together in this. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go down with you and your problems, and I'm going to lift you out of your problems. I'm going to take you out of Mitzrayim with me.
That's the mitzvah of Hafla That's the mitzvah of Kedoshim Tiyu, Kikodeshani. I am Hashem. I show you how to act. You follow me. You be Mekayim Hafla Kamaycha. And you will be nisparech with as many brachas as the Torah could ever offer because that's what it means to be a Yid. That's what it means to be a Yari Shamayim and Ebed Hashem. Ve'ahavtu l'reyacha kamoicha. Mitzah Hashem, we should go mechayel l'chayel.